Is that on? Yeah, okay, there we go. There we go. Well, I have got a lot to cover this morning, so I'm going to go ahead and get started if that's okay with you. Uh, last week, Dave shared his vision for Catalyst Church for the year, and he, he said that we would, his hope would be, we would be the church, not just do church. And then he said we want to be a community of faith for people who don't do church. Remember that? All right, then he spoke about connection points, right? And he said for us to be a true community of faith, we must have a clear goal, a clear purpose, and a systematic plan to follow. That's what we got to do. So today, the first thing we're going to talk about is that systematic plan, and it's connecting with God, and that's developing spiritual habits or spiritual disciplines in our life. Before I uh, go any further, I have a little bit of a confession to make to you. Um, I've known about this for a number of weeks that I was going to get up here and speak on this, and I've had a lot of notes, what, you know, what to say and all that kind of thing, and I just couldn't get it to work. I just couldn't get the right connection. I couldn't, I couldn't get the pieces in the right order. And I struggled with that, and I just kept asking, why can't I do this? I know the topic. I know what I want to say, but I, can't, I just can't get it. Well, Tuesday rolled around. Tuesday morning, I was in here, and it was the same thing. And I kept saying, why? What is going on? Why can't I do this? And then it hit me. I'm asking the wrong question. Instead of asking why, I changed it and said, what, Lord? What is it that you're trying to teach me through this? And it was almost as though he answered me immediately. Well, he did answer me immediately as I said that, asked that question. And he said, do you really think? that you're going to get up in front and, and speak to people about creating habits in their life, about drawing closer in relationship to me without having a battle from the enemy. And it was like, oh, that's it. That's it. James 3.16 says this, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And I thought about the word jealousy. I looked it up. And it says this, hostile towards a rival or one believed to enjoy an advantage. There's no one that is more jealous, no one that is more hostile towards Jesus than Satan. And you know what? He does not want us to grow closer to God. He's going to do everything he can to stop that. Is it any wonder that we struggle with our spiritual habits? Is it any wonder we struggle in trying to grow closer to God? Because we have an enemy, and I think sometimes we forget that. And I was going through this. I even had it in my notes and still wasn't recognizing the battle that I was having. So I just want to say that because you're going to encounter that as you try to move forward in your spiritual walk. I hope that you do. You're going to encounter battles and got to remember the question, not why, but what. What are you trying to teach me here? Because God is always trying to teach us something. So let me pray before we uh, go into the message. Lord, Thank you for the opportunity to come this morning and to share what you put on my heart. Thank you for even that struggle that I had that I can um, just confess to the group here, Lord, that we are going to have struggles. We've got a real enemy that wants to stop us from growing closer to you. So, Lord, as I speak this morning, may your words come out of my mouth. May it resonate with each person the way that you want it to. Each one of us may hear a different part of what's coming out today, but it's all from you. And you work in some, some mysterious ways, but you are working. There is no doubt. So, Father, I pray uh, for us this morning. May you get the glory out of all that's said and done here. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Battle does start right here. It starts in our head. Has anyone here ever made a resolution or a, 
a, set a goal in, like in January, well, any time, but in January particularly. That's a, that's a time that a lot of people do that because, you know, it's like a clean slate. The new year's starting, it's a fresh start, so it's a good time to go ahead and reevaluate where I am and what I want to do. Well, that just makes me think of gym memberships. Have you ever been part of a gym before? In January, people, they got this goal, I want to get in shape, I want to, you know, be able to lift all this kind of weight, I want to be able to run five miles, whatever it is. So they sign up to go to the gym, in January, you can't hardly get in, you can't have your room in the gym, there's so many people there, and then February rolls around, and you look around and say, where did everybody go? It's hard. It's hard. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but sometimes we set our goals too big. And it's just, we, we, try, we look at this end goal that we want to get to, you know, at the end of the year, and it's January, and life gets hard, and it's like, oh, I just don't think I can do this, and we, we give up. So uh, just think, I want you to think about that, because you're probably going to run through seasons of that as we go through this. Now, it does take discipline to change. It really does. And it's that same way in our spiritual life. But when Jesus said, follow me, what he was doing is he was inviting us to grow. He was inviting us into a relationship with him. But yet we still struggle. And doesn't that seem strange? But we're in a battle. Remember, we've got an enemy that does not want us to grow. So we've we got to remember that. So if we have to take steps. We have to take steps to get there. And if we don't take steps then we're not going to change. If we don't change, we're not growing. And Jesus wants us to grow. He wants us to grow closer to him. So we need a plan to follow. We need a plan. So here's the question, and I think I know the answer to it because you're sitting here, but I'm going to ask anyway. Who wants to grow in their relationship with Jesus this year or with God? Yeah, I think everybody. Absolutely. Well, you're here. And you took a step this morning. You made a decision to come here. You could have stayed home. No offense to you online. I mean, there are reasons why people stay home, but I'm glad you're joining us. That is not what I meant. But you're, you're here, you're taking a step in your spiritual growth. That's great. But remember, it's a step. It's one step. Now, if you watch the video at the beginning. It had all those dominoes that were falling, and there was a long line. You've got a domino on your chair, by the way, and I want you to pick that up and take it with you because I want you to re be reminded of this. There's a long line of small steps that have to take place before we get any kind of big change. Okay, now on the wet, here on the west side, we've got the West Side Nut Club, and their motto or slogan or whatever you want to call it is what? From small acorns, large oaks grow. You plant the seed, and you're not going to get the big oak tree tomorrow. Matter of fact, you plant it in the ground, and you're probably not going to see a lot of movement. That doesn't mean there's not growth. It's the same way in our spiritual walk. We take one step at a time, and we have to take many, many steps at to be able now God can do he can change things miraculously but he often doesn't so we have to take a lot of steps to get to the big changes so it's in the middle of those small steps when we don't see anything happening when we don't see anything happening we think what's the point this is just too hard or whatever we come up with a lot of excuses right and we and we quit we don't want to do that so here's what Jesus said in John chapter 15 verses 4 and 5 about growth says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So to abide is a verb. That is an action word. 
We have to do something to grow. We have to do something to grow. It's more than a feeling. It's more than a belief. It's an action. Actually, it's to abide is how we bear fruit. But what we need to realize is, I mean, it does imply growth. It's a process. But apart from Jesus, we can't do anything. So we have to be able, we have to be connected to Jesus in order to bear any kind of fruit whatsoever. Now, there may be something you didn't notice at the beginning of that video. Uh, did anybody notice how that first little domino fell? There was a force that caused that to fall. If you didn't notice, it was just a little, just a little bit of wind, just a little puff of wind, and that first one fell. What's a reminder about, we can't do anything apart from God. We can't, we can't even do these spiritual disciplines. We can't even take a step without the power of the Holy Spirit giving us that energy to do that. And you're here today because of that power of the Holy Spirit. Something drew you here. Something drew you online to connect here today. And Jesus, what he's doing, he is asking us to follow him. He's asking us to take steps in our spiritual life to grow closer to him. That's what he wants us to do. Now think about that for a second. Jesus is the son of God. He's a creator of everything. He's a creator of you, and he's a creator of the entire universe. And he is inviting you into relationship with him. Is that not awesome? It should be. I mean, if you, that's just incredible. I think if, now Jesus, complete and full of these things. We'll give you a few descriptions. You've heard these before, but listen to these things. Love, full of love and complete in love. Honesty, truth, grace, mercy, compassion, patience, forgiveness. And he's got a sense of humor. He's really, you don't want to miss that. He's got a sense of humor. Why wouldn't anybody want to be in relationship with Jesus? Someone like that. But you know what the truth is? Most of the world doesn't. Most of the world doesn't. Okay, it's hard. It's hard. If it were easy, everybody would do it. It takes commitment. It takes, it takes change. Now, last week, uh, for those of you that were here in person, you filled out an orange sheet, or hopefully you did. There was a lot of them that came up on both sides here at the cross, which is awesome. It's awesome. It's like taking an assessment of where you are and where you want to be this year. Remember, as awesome as that was, it was one step. It was one step, and it's critical. We have to take the first step to be able to take the next one, but that's just one step, so don't stop there. We've got a process to go through, and that's what we're going to talk about today is creating spiritual disciplines, creating spiritual habits in your life. So what, what actually is a spiritual discipline? Well, I just pretty much told you. Spiritual discipline is habits and practices that help us develop, grow, and strengthen our faith in Christ and our relationship with God. That's all it is. There's habits and practices, things like prayer, Bible study, uh, scripture memory, meditation, fasting, confession, worship. Those, those are all things we get spiritual dis- create spiritual disciplines. Now, spiritual disciplines are kind of like, well, they are like this extension cord right here. Okay, This extension cord by itself has absolutely no power. Our spiritual disciplines have no power unless we connect to the source where the power is at. Now, when you plug this extension cord in, now there's power here, and it can be used. We can't bear fruit without Jesus. Without plugging into the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. we got to be able to plug into that. It's Him that takes that first step. He's already pushing you that way. You're here today. So go with that, the power. Let the Holy Spirit do this. 
you can't do anything anyway. We are not responsible for the fruit that comes out on the other end. We're responsible for being obedient. God will take care of that. We just need to be obedient every single day. So when we don't see what we think we should see, that doesn't mean God is not working. Because if you're doing what you're, do, you're supposed to do every day, taking those spiritual steps, God is developing something in you, whether you can see it or not. I hope that makes sense. Romans 12, 2 says this. Well, actually, before I say that, that's the place where God begins to align our hearts with His when we take those steps. So Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's where the battle's at, right here in our head. That's where it starts. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, we begin not only understand what God wants as we grow closer to Him, but His wants then become our wants. He changes us on the inside, and we become more and more like Jesus. That's what growth is all about, to get, grow closer to Jesus, to be, become more like Him. Now, we say this at Catalyst all the time, and I'll say it again, because I'm going to be real. We're going to be real, right? This is simple, but it is not easy. It's just not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy because we are in a battle. Remember, I told you earlier that people have a problem with change. Sometimes we resist change. Sometimes there are obstacles that come up that, that we, we, we make excuses sometimes. But we also have an enemy. So just so you know, I'm not making this up, 2 Peter 3, 17 18 talks about the enemy. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless, the lawless, and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. We want to grow. we got an enemy that does not want us to grow, and I can't say that enough. But we need God's help to change our thinking. That's where it starts, because we get defeated in our mind. So why do we want to do that? Because what we think determines what we believe. What we think determines what we believe. And what we believe determines how we act. So if our thinking is wrong, our actions aren't going to be there. We're not going to be in the right place. We've got to get our thinking in the right place. So one of the things we want to change about our thinking is the word discipline itself. We talk about spiritual disciplines. Oftentimes, people think of discipline as a punishment. Something happens and I'm being punished for doing wrong, right? That's what we think about. But that's not what God's definition of discipline is. The root of discipline, the root word of that is to disciple, which means to teach. God is always wanting to teach us through the circumstances that we face. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had our earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. 
but he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Discipline seems painful, but it yields righteousness, the fruit of righteousness. That's abiding in Jesus. That's the fruit that comes out of this. See, Jesus told us to go and make disciples, but we are to be disciples that make disciples. And we can't be a disciple if we're not doing the things that disciples do. And that's being taught by God, right? But I want you to come to grips with this fact when it comes to God's teaching. Discipline comes with manure. Does it not? Dave talked about that as we opened it up. Discipline comes with manure. But manure is a good thing because manure is what helps things grow. And the manure, the, the things that come into our life that we don't like, help us grow. So instead, of we, again, we've got to change our thinking. When bad things happen, it's not like, God, why are you punishing me? It's what I was doing. Why, why, why? And, it, and I turned it and said, what? What is it you want to teach me through this? And he will answer. Now, before Christmas, I was out at Cracker Barrel. I got something to eat and um, paid for all my stuff. And I turned to walk out. And, you know, if you've been to Cracker Barrel before, they got shelves and stuff everywhere that they were trying to sell. Well, I walked past this, this display, the one right next to the door. And this sign was on the bottom shelf, caught my eye. And I looked at that. And I thought, man, I really want that sign. And I looked at it again, probably 10, 15 seconds. I stood there. Should I get it? Should I not? I said, nope, not going to do it. Don't need it. Walked out, went all the way to my car, put my stuff in my car, started to get in and said, I'm going to get that sign. I went back and I bought the sign. So here's, here's what it is, and I love it. I got one hanging in my office, by the way. It says this. <laughs> Manure happens. And that is absolutely the truth. I absolutely love this sign. So we're going to do something with this sign today. Is uh, I'm going to put it in this bucket, all right? So this is going to be our manure bucket. Now, we've got to deal with our manure in life, right? Which includes the rationalization and excuses that we make for why we don't or can't make changes. Because we, will, we are good at coming up with excuses why I can't do that, okay? So this is our manure bucket list, if you will, all right? So I just got five things. There could be a bunch of things, but I just have five. Here's the first one. I don't know how to change. Okay? Now today, I'm going to give you some tools that are going to help you to change, so I'm going to take this excuse away from you. So in a little bit, this won't be an excuse, so that's manure. All right? The second one is I've tried before, but I've failed. So therefore, I'm not going to try again. I've already done that. Can't do it. That's manure. That's an excuse. There's the third one. Comfortable. I'm comfortable. Whether we want to admit it or not, we live in routine. We like our routines. We like doing what we've always done. And to change, I mean, to grow means to change. That means we're going to have to alter our routine. And oftentimes, I like where I'm at. But in order to grow, we've got to change. So comfortable. Manure. Fourth one, lack of time. We do what's important to us, period. That's it. That's manure. If you want to grow in Jesus, that's a manure excuse. And the last one is too painful. There is pain involved in change. 
Absolutely, there is pain. Not always, but there is pain. Sometimes God will take us to rock-bottom experiences to get our attention because we're not listening any other way. He wants to get our attention. I mean, there could be many reasons why, but painful is not a reason to not grow or to not work on your spiritual habits. If any of you know who Dave Ramsey is, he's a, a financial, personal financial guy. He's on the radio. He's written books and things like that. And, he, and somebody asked him one time about uh, what does it take to build a business? Now, he had to have a plan to be able to do that, but here's what he said. Perseverance is what it takes. Perseverance through an amazing amount of manure. Perseverance through pain that breaks your heart. Sometimes we get in situations like that, and God is trying to grow us. He's always trying to teach us something. He never does anything in our life or allows anything in our life that isn't for our good. We've got to remember that. Now, there's another pitfall. that This is not an excuse. This is just... What we do sometimes, I think you'll be able to relate to this. Sometimes we set our goals, just like going to the gym, we set our goals. And I'm going in January, and by the end of the year, this is what I'm going to look like. This is how I'm going to be. But our goal is too big. And we start on the process. And you know, you, you don't become a bodybuilder overnight. You don't run a marathon overnight. It takes practice. You've got to go through. It's a habit you're, you're building. So if you set your goal too big, you're not going to see results right away. And going to the gym is painful sometimes. So we quit. I just, I don't see it. We, we give up. So we got we to gotta set our goals that are more manageable. We got to set them smaller. It's like an elephant. If somebody said, look at this elephant back here, and I want you to go and eat that elephant. You say, oh my gosh, that is just too big. Well, here's what we do. We go back there and we pick, try to pick the elephant up and stuff it all in our mouth at once. And we choke. Oh, it's too much. I can't handle it. It's what we do, right? We set our goals too big. It's too much. I can't handle it. Then we quit. You eat the elephant one bite at a time. You change your life. You change your disciplines one step at a time. That's how you conquer the big things that are in your life, one step at a time. That's how we change our spiritual habits, one step at a time. Now, here's the biggest question and I'm going to read a verse to you out of Psalms, and I want you to think about where you are spiritually. Does this describe you? Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? See, that's talking about such a strong desire, wanting to be with God, wanting to spend time with God, that we get so thirsty that our mouth gets dry. It just gets dry. Can you, have you ever had it where your mouth is just dry? And you, all you can do is you've you got to go get a drink of water. I've got to get something in this dryness that's in my mouth. Here's what Jesus says about water. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone... Who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. See, we, we thirst for God, we hunger for God, our mouth is dry, and we go to Jesus, and He quenches that thirst. He quenches that thirst. But as we do that, there's another description of what happens to us as believers. It's really interesting. It's in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It says this. You are the salt of the earth. His disciples become the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? 
It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. See, salt does a couple of things. First off, it adds flavor. It adds seasoning. And we should add flavor. We should add, add seasoning to the people that we're around. When they see us, they see something different about us, and that difference is Jesus. We need to be that. Salt also is a preservative, and it preserves us. As we, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, it's a, it's a preservative for us. It's protecting us. And you know there's a world out there that needs preservation. They need that salt in order to be saved. They need that. Salt does those two things. But here's, here's the thing. This is just like the enemy. We are supposed to become salty as believers, but what does the world say the definition of salty is? It says this, aggressive, irritated, angry, resentful. Isn't that just like the enemy to twist what God has intended? He's saying, be the salt, and the world is saying, this is what salt looks like. You know, unfortunately, I know people, and I've seen people that claim to be Christ followers that fit that description, and that is really sad. Really sad, but they are out there. But that is not what Jesus is calling us to be, okay? Now, salt does a third thing, and the third thing it does, it makes you thirsty. Salt makes you thirsty, okay? So it's a cause and effect cycle, so get this cycle, all right? So we want to follow Jesus, so we take a drink of the living water to quench that thirst. And the more we drink, the saltier we become. And the more salty we become, the more thirsty we become. And then we get thirsty, and then we go get another drink, and we drink more, and we become more salty. And then we get more salty, and we get more thirsty, and it's a cycle. Can you see how that just builds like that? Now, the opposite is also true. So, we slow the intake of Jesus in our life, and we become, we become less salty. We become less salty, we become less thirsty. We get less thirsty, we don't drink as much. We don't drink as much, we become less salty. Then we're less thirsty. You see the cycle, how it can go the other direction? So it's a really good picture for us. Now, I think it's really interesting. Talk about the deer panting uh, stream for the streams of water. Salt blocks have been used for a long time to attract deer. All right? So I think that's really interesting. But the, well, here's what the salt blocks do. They provide nutritional supplements to the deer to help them grow strong. That's exactly what. When we go to Jesus, he grows us strong. It's the supplements that we need. But it also, the salt also triggers a dopamine rush in the brain. Okay, and basically that's just a chemical reaction. And it, it gives that deer, and it does in humans too, it gives us a pleasant feeling. It, we like that. It, it, it's like, it's tasty. The salt is tasty. It's almost addictive, okay? Uh, and so it's not much different with humans. The more we take in of Jesus, I, I can assure you, the more salty you're going to become and the more of him that you're going to want. It's a cycle. It's kind of addictive. And I, I love the verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. Verse, uh, what is it in Psalm 34, 8. So it's when you taste of God and see that he's good, you want more and more of that. And it's that cycle that goes up. So we need to look at the cycles in our life and really you know, examine where are we. How thirsty are you for God? Are you like that deer where you really, really want that? Or is it like, oh, I can kind of do it, take it, leave it. But that's up to you to decide. But everybody has to examine their own life and be honest with yourself where you are. And if you don't have that desire, ask God for it because you can't conjure it up on your own. God will give it to you if you seek and ask him for it. He'll give it to you.
So we know now what to do. We need to go to Jesus. We need to drink of Jesus. We need to spend time with him to grow in him. We need to get rid of the excuses. And we know what the results will be if we do that. We're going to bear fruit. We're going to bear fruit, and we're going to grow closer to him. So, so that's all good. But here's the question. How? How do we do it? Right? And I know there's probably a number of you out here that maybe want to do that and say, you know what, I'm not really sure where to start. Well, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you uh, some tools, if you will, of how to start. I brought some here with me today. All right, so we got our worship services. That's a tool. If I can get it out of here, it is. That's a tool we can use, right? Catalyst provides all this stuff. Men's and women's Bible studies, another tool, all right? We got online prayer times, that five days a week that Dave talked about. It's another tool. We got that scripture memory verse. Let's see. That's yeah, another one right here, another tool, scripture memory verse. We got Bible reading plans that we can be part of. Different kind of tool right there. we got all kinds of tools to use, right? They're here to use. They're not even good if we don't use them. But what I'm going to give to you today is I'm going to give you one of my favorite tools. Not literally going to give this to you, but as an example, it's the platypus. Has anybody ever heard of the platypus before? Anybody? I got this, not this one, but I got one given to me years ago, and it was, a, it was intended to be a joke. They, they thought it was funny because I'm not the carpenter. I'm not a carpenter. I don't do a lot of things, but... They gave this to me and said, here, you can use this. And they were teasing me. turned out to be the best thing I ever got. Because what it has is pliers right here like that. Now, how many of you guys have ever taken your pliers and tried to hammer something with it? I have. Well, it's got a hammer on there too. So you don't, you've got one tool right there. And then you turn it upside down, you've got two screwdrivers. You've got a flathead and a, and a Phillips head right there. So it's three tools in one. I love this thing. I love this thing. So I'm going to give you the platypus today in the form of what I call play motivation. Now, play motivation is, is something that I created about eight years ago. I, I was a behavioral therapist, and it was a tool that I gave to parents, and it was to help them help their kids develop discipline in their life, develop good habits around the house and things that they needed to do, whether it was homework or whatever, those kinds of things. So I did it in the form of a game, and each game was was specifically made for that, that particular individual. And it was, it was helping them to have fun, not negative. It wasn't about punishment. There were, there were behaviors that needed to be changed, but it wasn't about punishing them for not doing. It was about rewarding them for what they did do. Now, when you think about our spiritual habits, you have a choice. You don't have to do any of this stuff. It is your choice. But if you don't, you're going to miss the positive reward of getting to spend more time with Jesus and getting to know him more and more and watch him work. I mean, why would you not want to do that, right? So it's all about positive. This game is just like that. Now, it worked every single time, every single time, except when it got too hard for the parents to stick with it, they gave up and quit, and it didn't work. Now, we've got an enemy. I'm going to tell you that again, and it's going to get hard, and you're going to want to give up. Don't, don't give in to that. Okay, don't give in. To, it will work, and those habits will form. And, and I'll give you a couple examples here in a second. It formed with these kids. They didn't, even, they didn't even realize it was happening. And that's what I hope this does for you, because it was all in the form of a game. I had a young man that was, 
he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't, couldn't do anything. He was very dependent and he wanted to be independent. Does that sound familiar? Sometimes we don't want to be dependent on God. We want to do it ourselves. But he was very dependent. He wanted to be independent. And his biggest struggle, he had many behavior issues, but the biggest one was at nighttime when he was in bed, when he had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, he would not ask anybody for help, and he would try to get to the bathroom without assistance, and he would fall every time. And his parents, that was the biggest behavior that they were concerned about because they knew sometime he's going to hit his head. He's going to really hurt himself bad if we don't change this. So... I found out through talking with him that he, he loved the Chicago Bears. Loved the Chicago Bears. And he, therefore, he did not like the Green Bay Packers at all. He wanted the Packers to lose every single game they played, especially if they played against the Bears. So I made a game, and I said, okay, here's the deal. I can't remember his name, but I remember I, I can see him. And it was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. If you have to go to the bathroom, when you have to go to the bathroom, I shouldn't say if you have to go, right? When you have to go to the bathroom, you need to ask. And if you ask and get assistance to go to the bathroom, the Chicago Bears get three points. You get a field goal. Great. But if you don't, and you try to do it on your own, the Green Bay Packers get a touchdown. They're ahead 7-3. to three. You choose who you want to win the game. It was a week. And he shut the Packers out. I mean, he didn't, I mean, he really did. He changed just immediately. He was motivated. That was his motivation. I had another guy that was, he loved the University of Kentucky basketball. So I created a basketball game. Same kind of concept. You do this, you get points. If you don't do this, the other team gets more points. And he, he wanted to win, and he won sometimes, but it wasn't quite enough motivation for him to get him over the hump. He was making some changes, but not quite as quickly as we'd hoped. So I, I added one more little carrot out there, and I said, all right, if you win the game, if you win the game, then I'm going to make homemade pizza for you. Boom. He wanted that pizza. By golly, he won. And he won every time because he wanted me to make pizza for him, every time. It's like, that's okay. That's all it took. That's all it took. But he was, he was just playing a game to get the result. But what came out of it was the fruit of his behavior change. I'm the same thing. We, we play the game to, to grow closer to Jesus. The fruit that comes out of that will come naturally if we just enjoy the time with him. And I'm tr- trying to do this through the play of a game. And that's where this game that I'm going to show you came from. So uh, now I'm not making homemade pizza for anybody. Just I mean, if you want it, I will. But I'm not doing it if you win the game, all right? Uh, but... These games are, are, are going to be short. I'll explain it here. All right, so it's on the hub. It's called Habits. It's on the hub. So if you go there, all the, I'm going to give you a, just a brief overview, but all the instructions are there, how to do it, how to set it up, all that stuff. So you don't have to remember all this right now. But basically what you're going to do is you go to the hub, and you got three, we got, created three choices. we got Bible reading, we got Scripture memory, and then we have prayer. One of those three things. So you can do multiple if you want to. If you, if, you, know, if you feel like you've got you know, a grip on one thing. You know what? The thing is, we can always grow. I don't care where we are in our spiritual walk. So, but find one that you're struggling with, you really want to develop, all right? Pick that one and ask God. If you don't know, ask God. You probably already know. Pick one of those, and then what you do, the the premise of the game is this. You set a goal, and then you make a chart to to track your progress, and then you play. That's it. It's really simple. 
The games last seven days, one week. That's it, small chunks, one bite. So you're going to play a game for a week, and then at the end of the week, you evaluate, where am I? How did I do? Did I win? Did I meet my goal? Did I not meet my goal? And then you adjust accordingly. If you didn't meet your goal, make it a goal again for the next week. Don't give up. Keep trying. If you did and you think, you know what, I, I did that pretty easy. I want to I push it a little bit. So take Bible reading, for instance. You don't read your Bible as much as you'd like to. So you're going to set a goal that you're going to read it, say, four days a week. So you read, that's your goal. At the end of the week, you look at it and you say, I only got three. Hey, you got three. That's good. Don't get discouraged. Next week, try to go back to four. Leave it there. Do it again. Play your game. Start over. Give you a fresh start. Remember, we talk about the fresh starts. We want to give ourselves a fresh start. If we play it too long and we don't see any change, we'll give up. So we just do it in short chunks. I promise you it will work. It will work. So that's, that's, really, that's really it. All right Now, for those of you that need that homemade pizza motivation out there, that you know you want to grow in your faith, it's kind of get hard, you win one week, you lose. Okay, I'm going to give you that, that, that homemade pizza thing. I'm going to ask you to assign a cost to each one of the activities that you do. So let's say that four days a week you want to read your Bible. Assign a cost to each time that you read the Bible. So I do a dollar each time. You don't have to do that. It can be a quarter. It can be a nickel, whatever you want to do. And you get you a cup, and every time that you achieve one of those, you drop that quarter, you drop that dollar, whatever, you drop it in the cup. That is another visible. See, the chart and the cup are visible things for you. So you take the chart and put it somewhere where you're going to see it on a regular basis, whether it's on the front of your refrigerator or next to the couch or next to your bed on the nightstand, whatever. Wherever you're going to see that as a reminder, oh my goodness, I need to do X. I said I was going to do this. The cup can be next to it. It can be somewhere else. But another reminder, mine, they're sitting on the dining room table. And I have to take my blood sugar for being a diabetic three times a day. And they're right there in front of me. Every time I pick my stuff up, there it is, right in my face. So I'm reminded. I'm on day 67 today in a row. It can be done. And I'm, I'm not saying you're going to do that right off the bat. But I'm just telling you, it doesn't take long. If you got the reminder and you got the motivation to do it, and the Holy Spirit, you're plugged into that, you're going to want to do that. I wake up in the morning and I want to do it. So um, that cost... What are you going to do with the money? All right, so let me give you a couple suggestions. Within the game, there are some suggestions with it, but here are two. One is, if you want to, you can take the money at the end. We're going to play this four weeks. Now, keep in mind, you can play this for as long as you want, and I hope you do. But we're going to, I'm challenging you to play it four weeks, four games. So at the end of the time, the money that you have in your cup, what better thing to do than to give it back for the sleeping bags. So you're pouring into your life. You're giving God an offering of your time into him and taking those monies that you poured in and passing them forward to someone else. That's one option. Another option would be, and I would encourage you to do this first part for sure, find somebody else that's going to play the game too. They don't have to be the same one. You might want to memorize scripture. Maybe they want to read their Bible. It doesn't matter. But find somebody that's doing the same thing and Form a partnership with them. Somebody that at the end of the week or whatever, you can text, you can call and say, hey, how'd it go? What were you doing there? And then at the end of the four weeks, take that money and go out and get a coffee and donuts or go out and get a, uh, you know, a lunch together or something. Build a relationship. That's another connecting point. We're going to talk about that next week, connecting with others. So this game can work into that as well. So I'd encourage you to think about doing that. 
And again, there are other suggestions on there. It's up to you. It's really up to you. These are just suggestions from me. Uh, but I think it's some great things. It's a great, uh, it's a great thing to dangle out there to motivate. Whatever it takes to motivate us, right, to grow, to grow closer to Jesus. So quickly, I'll sh- share with you. Bible reading is one option, how it works. Most of this is done through the Version Bible app. So if you have uh, done the the daily readings that we've had over the last year or whatever, it's the same thing. You don't have to download it. But there is a link to download the, the Bible app. And there are devotions on there. One of the options is devotion. So you could pick, well, I think i got 12 books of the New Testament listed. So if you decide, you know, hey, I want to read the book of John, there's a 21-day devotional out of the book of John. And that can be part of what you do for the game. And that is going to be, I'm going to read the book of John, and I'm going to have a devotion that kind of explains what I'm reading. Because I think sometimes we can read the Bible and go, I don't, what, what did all that mean? So the devotion can help you with that. Or you can pick a life issue. Maybe you're struggling with anger. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety, whatever it is. There's devotions for those too. And I think there's seven or eight of those options on there. So you can pick that. There are things that you can go through to help you. What does the Bible say about this? Okay. Then we've got prayer. We, you can pray on your own. There's still a game, pray on your own, set a time, how long you want to pray. Or you can play a game with the online prayer times throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Pick how many times you want to do that. Or you can uh, do a devotion, same kind of thing. So and all that stuff is there, just a click, click of a button, that's it. And then we've got scripture memory. And there are seven or eight different topics, anxiety, anger, depression, those kind of things that are there, that if you want to memorize scripture, there's no better way to fight against the enemy when he throws a lie when you're struggling with something you go back at it, go back at it with God's word so to memorize those scriptures so if you got anxiety you go to Philippians 4 and you recite you know don't be anxious about anything whatever so it's there all right selected verse if you got your own topic there's even a link down there you can type it in and it'll pull up a list of verses through the bible that talk about that specific topic if one of one of them's not listed but i will say this Mike, my friend, some of you know Mike, uh, I said, man, you're really struggling. We, we meet on a regular basis. I said, you're really struggling with this, and you need to memorize this verse to fight against those thoughts that you're having. And he said, man, I am 77 years old. I can't remember anything. There is no way I can memorize a verse. I said, try it. Try it. I challenge you to try it. I said, all right. So that was like on a Thursday. Now, we met again like the following Tuesday. It, was, it wasn't a week. And we met again at McDonald's where we typically meet. And he walked in, and I was already there. And he, and it stopped before he said, and he looked at me, and he spouted that verse right off to me. And never, didn't have a Bible with him, nothing. He said it out of his head. And he can still do it. And that's been, I think that's been well over a month ago. He still can do that. So I don't want you to think I can't do that. Mike would tell you, if I can do it, you can do it. Now my mom, and I'm not going to give you her age, but she's older than Mike. I would not do that to her. Uh, but she's in pretty good shape. But she said, I can't do it. I, it's kind of the same thing. I'm too old. No, you're not. Try it. Challenge you to try it. She's on verse number five. She can do it. If she can do it and Mike can do it, you can do it. So that verse of Galatians 2.20, it can be done. And I, it, In the game, it tells you how to do it. It's simple, really simple. And honestly, you're not even trying to memorize I'm not going to give you any more. You're going to go find out. Uh, if the band wants to come on up, I'm almost, almost finished. Uh, so this tool, this play motivation game called Habits, it gives you many, many choices. 
All right, even within the Bible reading, you've got lots of choices. So uh, what I do with Bible reading app, because that's one of mine, and prayer, and I don't really struggle with that, but I, I didn't journal, so I took it to another level. So I have a journal there, so I read my Bible, and I actually, the cool thing about the Bible app is you hit the button, it reads it to you. So I, it reads it to me while I'm following along. It just helps me with my comprehension. And then I write down notes of what God was speaking to me through what I just read, and then I always write a prayer. I always write a prayer to him. So it's developing those habits in me. So do it however you want to, but it's a great, great tool. And it can be used for anything. It's not just these three, but that's a starting point. So if you're looking for a starting point, there you go. Now, it is not about the game. It's about growing our relationship with Jesus. That's what it's all about. But the point is this. Choose something. Even if you don't use habits, do something. Do something that's going to grow you closer to God. I think you'll enjoy the game. It is kind of fun. Um, you can connect with some other people, but uh, there you go. It's, it's up to, really up to you. But remember this. Jesus wants to build a relationship with you. He's saying, follow me. But to follow Jesus, we have to take steps, right? We have to take steps, and we take one at a time. So when you look at that domino, it's a reminder, one step at a time, one day at a time. Don't bite off too much. You'll choke, and you'll quit. Don't quit. We got an enemy that wants you to quit. Don't do it. Okay? Dave said he hoped that we would be the healthiest church in Evansville by the end of the year. That's my prayer. Okay, let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for giving me the opportunity um, to speak the things that you put on my heart. Thank you for teaching me a lesson as I was preparing this that I could pass along. And Lord, may that be an encouragement as well. So, Lord, the tools that you have given us, many, many right here, and I know there are many more, many more than this, but the play motivation game or whatever that each one here, I pray that they choose something to grow closer to you. Um, Lord, I just pray that uh, this church grows healthier and more healthy, not people that do church, but we are the church. And as you grow and develop us, that fruit's going to come out. You, you're um, in charge of the results. It's not about that. It's about one step, each one of us drawing closer to you. And you know, as we draw closer to you, Lord, we all know we're going to draw closer to, to each other. So may that be said of Catalyst Church. Father, we love you and thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.